morning, everyone. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. There's Jeff. Woo! Hey, Jeff. Going fishing. We're going fishing. We're a little giggly right here. Plus, we got some incredible food. Yes. The food was great today. I mean, yeah. everything is awesome. Everybody, everybody from the food. Yeah. Uh, I, I, if my uncle, you're on there, Pastor uh, Kay came by today and I got to see him. Hello, Uncle him. Bill. It was awesome. And everybody's here today. We've got more food than we can handle, but uh, we love you guys and we're so glad to be with you alive today. And uh, we're going to have an incredible Bible study today, right? That's it. Me and I are getting ready. We're going to talk more about new beginnings. Last week we talked about Adam and Eve and then we talked about Abraham. Some of the things, he, both of these people were, were, were present as, as things were starting, as things were, uh, there was something brand new happening. And then to, uh, tonight we're also going to be talking about Noah, and then we're going to be talking about Joshua, who came into the promised land. So I'm looking forward to that. Amen. Amen. Um, how did your week go? It went pretty good. I've been, I've been pretty busy and trying to cram uh, five uh, days worth of work in three days. And uh, like I said, getting ready to go fishing tomorrow. There's going to be about 30 of us up there at Dogtown Lake, and we always have a have a good time up there. We always look forward to that. And uh, but no, had a really good uh, time today, and uh, was over at uh, John and Shirley Kinsey's uh, doing some work over there, painting their kitchens up there, watching. They said they'd be watching. Yeah. Hello, and had some good time and fellowship with them. They're uh, a couple of uh, terrific people. Yep. I'd like to get to know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when I was born, um, the day I was born, uh, Shirley and John and Shirley Kimsey were taking care of my brother mm -hmm. while my mom and dad went to the um, hospital. And they called and said that you know, they had a baby boy, a beautiful, awesome, gorgeous, awesome <laughs> baby boy. Named Todd Kirkpatrick. And uh, uh, Alan punched Shirley Kimsey. He did. Yeah, and he's been punching people ever since. <laughs> and Alan's probably watching too. He just got done with this earth. Alan, love you. <laughs> well, Pastor Todd, why don't you go ahead and open us up in prayer? Yep. And we will uh, we'll get everything started. God, we just thank you. God, we worship you. God, you've been so good. I've been bragging on you today, Lord. Thank you, God, for what you're doing for our church. Thank you, God, for the blessings. And the people being saved, the Lord just uh, being able to reach more people than we've ever been able to before. We just give you the praise and we thank you, God, because it's you that does that. We worship you. And Lord, we pray for everyone that's listening. Lord, I know uh, of people, Lord, that are going through uh, with the virus and they've just tested positive. Lord, I pray for them today. I pray, Lord, a healing in their body. Lord, I pray you take away fear, anxiety. God, I thank you for, Lord, doing it healing in people's lives, Lord, right now that have other ailments, all kinds of physical ailments, Lord, going on in their body. Lord, I pray for complete healing in their physical being right now. And Lord, we pray that you'd open our eyes that we can see and our ears that we can hear. Lord, as you speak to us and through your servants, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hey, before we get uh, going, I wanted to check on you and uh, Stephanie. How is your health doing? You just got through... Uh, with the coronavirus, it's about two or three weeks. Good, good. Uh, I like. Um, I I made this testimony this morning um, that uh, there's a lady that listens to us, and then she listened through right wing 
before we had went through it, and then because it was during that five minutes, you know, mm -hmm. and then uh, the whole time that I went through. And uh, she had called and contacted through uh, Jessica and stuff, and uh, they, uh, you know, some of the family members had tested positive, and the daughter um, is one, daughter-in-law is one of three in Arizona that uh, tested positive that she's pregnant. She's pregnant with um, uh, twin girls. So got to take food and stuff over and really um, talk to the dad who isn't uh, positive. We were outside talking to him, and he had a lot of questions. And, and if you have questions, talk to us. God has not given us a spirit of fear, a love power, and a sound mind. And um, we, we go through things all the time in life, and we will, we will go through this, and we will turn uh, what the devil meant we're going to turn it for good. So, um, and Stephanie has been working like a, a worker <laughs> hard, and uh, she's here in her uh, little uh, scrub and stuff, and she's, she's uh, awesome. And I'm ready to go to like stuff. Good. Let's do it. Let's do it. Hey, we want to recap a couple of things about last week. We're uh, taking a look about the beginnings. The reason that we're Looking at beginnings is because we are because we are starting something here. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. We are starting something here, and it's like it's I, I likened it last week to like a bear coming out of a cave, but like for hibernation. And uh, you know when we get things going and when we're going to start things off, we want to make sure we do everything just exactly right. This would be the time. Like I've noticed, and I'm glad that our church didn't do this, but I've noticed that uh, uh, it would be very easy, and I've talked to other pastors, it would be very easy for people to get out of the habit of going to church because we haven't gone to church for three months, you know? And it's very easy to get out of the habit. But I'm glad that a couple of weeks ago when we opened the doors of our church, of course, you'll be announcing later we have uh, uh, two Sunday morning services at 10 o'clock, and at 8 o'clock, both uh, in the morning, 8 o'clock and 10 o'clock, only the 10 o'clock one is the one that's being uh, broadcast on Facebook here. But uh, we want to uh, we want to make sure that everybody comes in, and we're glad that everybody has come in. doesn't seem like anybody's fallen out of that habit. We need to make sure that we continue on with the things of God, that we continue on in our prayer life, that we continue on in our uh, daily devotional life, and just being kind to one another. Last week we were talking about Adam and Eve. What were some of the things in Adam and Eve's life? Adam walked in the cool of the day. He communed with God each and every day. And it's important that we commune with God each and every day. Adam and Eve, for a while, walked in obedience to the Lord. But after a while, they didn't walk in obedience to the Lord. And of course, you, it's all recorded there in the book of Genesis. But as we go through this time, it's a very fragile time. It's a time when there's a lot of stuff happening around us. It's a time today that we're living in where there's a lot of distractions. And there's a lot of reasons to pull us out of church, pull us away from the things of God. But the thing we need to do is we need to stay steadfast and we need to stay faithful and obedient to this call. We need to make sure that we stay faithful to church. We need to make sure that we stay faithful in our prayer time and in our study in the Word of God. Pastor Todd, tell me what tell me what you would be like 
if you didn't spend a lot of time in prayer and in meditation upon the Lord, if you if you were to just blow that out for a while, what would your life look like? I'd probably be in jail or something. <laughs> but but and, and and I do want to say too for those that can't really attend, but you're attending right now, continue to. We have live online service. The 8 a.m. is alive, but the 10 a.m. is live, and you can uh, have communion and, and, and attend just like you were there if you can't make it. But what Pastor Jeff said is, if you can, it's it's important uh, to come and, and be a part of the family and, and never stop reading the Word, never stop uh, playing praise music, never stop uh, uh, talking to God. Look, the real, the real issue is, 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 are we talking to God? And, and when I talk to God, I'm a lot better than when I'm not talking to God. Well, there's a certain release. There's a certain yeah. peace. You know, when you hang out with somebody, let's say I hang out with a certain friend of mine, or, you know, somebody that's really high-strung, and somebody that's really on the edge and stressful all the time. You know what, guess what? If you hang out with that person a lot, guess what? After a while, you're going to be on the edge. And stressed out. But when you hang out with Christ, when you spend quality time in His presence, you know, what is the Word of God says? My peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So that when you spend quality time with Christ, you're just naturally going to have peace. You're just naturally. Now, it's not, it's not going to happen, uh, uh, you know, uh, you got to take it seriously. It's not going to happen automatically or anything. you really got to strive to get into that position where you spend quality time with Him. And uh, it would be easy, even if you do spend quality time with Him, to be drawn away by lots of distractions. You know, a lot of things happening in our, in our world today. I mean, for crying out loud, just let's turn off the TV. Like you say, let's put on some praise and worship music. The Bible says that Thou will keep us in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon thee. He'll keep us in peace. He'll keep us in a place where we're, you know, the anxiety level comes down, the anxiousness comes down, the, the fear and the, and the dread comes down. If we spend time, quality time with him, each and every day in his presence. Another thing that we talked about last week was uh, Abraham. How Abraham was called out of a foreign land and God says, hey, Abraham, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. I know you're 75 years old, but hey, and you don't have any kids. But guess what? God always does something surprising. You know, it, to me, it would be like, oh, I'm going to find a, a, a young man who has lots of kids. No, no, God doesn't work that way. God's going to find an old man who doesn't have any kids. You know why God did that? So that people would know that God did a mighty thing and that he did a you know, and uh, and so it was another 25 years before the son of promise, Isaac, was born. It was 25 years before that promise was fulfilled. So Abraham gets himself out of the northern country, gets down into the promised land, and uh, God prospers him. And the first thing we talked about last week, the first thing that he does when he comes into the promised land was he built an altar. Pastor Todd, talk to me for a second about the importance of building an altar. Not literally, but even figuratively, the importance of building an altar in our lives each and every and day. A, a place, you know, it could be a regular place, but a place that you go to be alone with God, that you sacrifice, you, you bring 
your uh, who you are, everything you are, and with with uh, his son, he brought his son, and he gave he gave God. This is sometimes I think this is difficult to understand, but I think most parents will understand. Um, I'm willing to die, mm-hmm. but uh, do you, I do not want you to kill my son. Yeah. And so God went so much further than giving himself. He gave his son, his only begotten son. And with with Abraham, what he understood, Abraham gave everything that he was or going to be even after he was gone. Because out, out, of, out of his son was going to come more sons and then out of them more sons where the children of Israel would be as, you know, as uh, numerous as the sand, as numerous as the stars. But yet he gave up his promise or his thought because he's giving everything that he has to God. Of course, God uh, stayed his hand, had an angel stay his hand. He didn't sacrifice his son. But the point of that story is that he's willing to give everything. You know, and that's what, when you're saying build an altar, I mean, uh, what are you going to put on that altar? <laughs> you need to put yourself on the altar. You know, and say, God, here I am, everything. And it, there may be times you have to put your children on that altar. And, and you've got to put um, uh, things that are dear, dear to you. It's, it's a key. I'm doing it again, you know, the sermon this Sunday, but the last Sunday. But it, that word keeps coming up, idols. There can't be anything about God. And what we put on altars, a lot of times we put idols. We put those things that we put above God, we put it there and we say, God, I give it to you. You put it in the right place. This is my altar. And we're not supposed to have any idols. And a lot of times we think that an idol is some, you know, something carved out of wood or carved out of stone or gold or, or something like that, something that all the people bow down to. But let me tell you something. Here in the United States, there are a lot of there are a lot of idols. Ideology is an idol. You know, politics can be an idol. Uh, uh, going out and spending a lot of money can be an idol. You know, going out and having uh, reckless, uh, unhealthy relationships with other people. That can be an idol. Putting other people before you put God. That's one thing that Abraham had, was that he put the Lord first. Unless we miss the point of that whole story, even though God asked Abraham to sacrifice his son, ultimately, Abraham didn't sacrifice his son. It was God who sacrificed his son for the sins of the world. So let's, whenever I tell that story, you always got to put that in and say, oh, well, that's such a horrible thing for God to do. Well, well God yeah, but God did it. He sacrificed his son. You know, he maybe, it maybe asked Abraham to do it, but ultimately Abraham didn't. He was willing to, but God says no. Right, right as the dagger was getting ready to plunge into his chest, he said, no, I'm going to sacrifice my son. And that's exactly what God did. And because he lives, we shall live also. So we're going to get in today. We're going to be talking about a couple of different people. We're going to, first off, we're going to be talking about Noah. We know Noah. Noah was 500 years old when the Lord originally spoke to him and said, Noah, Noah I'm going to send a flood. Yeah. I've seen everything that's been going on on the earth. There's exceeding wickedness. There's exceeding you know, uh, uh, horrible things going on. And Noah, I just want you to know, here's what my plan is, and here's what my plan is for, for you. I want you to build an ark. 
And I want you, we all know the story about all the animals and everything. But what I want to talk about today is Noah's faithfulness to the call of God. And it was a hundred years. Noah lived to be over 900 years old. This is back in the days when they lived to be a long, long, you know, a long life. So it was about a hundred years or so in there where Noah was building that ark. He was obedient to the call of God and he was faithful to the call of God. When everything was great in the world, no. Everything was horrible in the world. God just got through saying, yeah, there's exceeding wickedness, there's exceeding everything, there's, uh, uh, there's exceeding wickedness in this world, and God said, I'm going to wipe out the entire bunch of mankind, and it's only your family that's going to be saved. And during all this horribleness, during all this wickedness, during that hundred years or so of everything wicked going on in the world, how was Noah reacting? What was he doing? He, he did what God did. Yeah, he was faithful. He yeah, was, was faithful. faithful. And, you know, you, we were talking about it, but God talked to me what, just like a couple of times. But each time he did exactly what God did. And so he was, he's faithful even when he gets one word. And then he does that, but everybody's against him for not a year, not two years, not ten years. A hundred years. Between the time when he was about 500 years old and about 600 years old, it was over a hundred years that it took between the initial call of God to the time when the first raindrop fell. It was a hundred years. And how many times the Bible records that the Lord spoke to Noah during that hundred year time? It's maybe like three times. You know, could you go 30 years and not hear from the Lord? We were just joking around a little bit earlier. It's Lord, Lord, if you're if you're asking me to trust you, Lord, I better hear from you every day. I, I need you to come down. I need you to hold my hand. I need you to take me by the hand. And I need you to, oh, here it is, Jeff. It's okay. It's okay, buddy boy. Just kind of lean into it kind of a thing. But no, God didn't do that. But Noah was obedient anyway. And Noah was obedient to God, even though things were falling apart. In this world, you watch the news, don't we? We watch the news. We watch all the things going on. How many of you have done this with the news before? Let's turn it off and turn on, you know, some some old uh, game show. We like watching those old game shows, you know. But, uh, yeah, and, and so we, we turn those, well, we turn off the news because after a while we just can't take it anymore because if everything is falling down around us, even though things are falling down around us, Pastor, talk, talk about for a second the importance of when everything is going wrong, staying faithful to God and obedient to God. Well, here we are, 2020, and it's real important. Like I said, if you can't make it to church, uh, uh, have your church service online. Uh, if you're in Texas, you can listen to Texas service and then our service, which some of you guys are doing right now. We know that is. And but then you know, here's what happened. We 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 stayed faithful. We we went online. We've never been online before, but we decided to do that. Other churches did, not just us, but all around the world. I've I've got friends in Mexico that they found a way to still preach without people coming in uh, to the service, which is amazing. But then a lot of people have been attacked in different ways. 
my wife and I, you know, sick, that kind of thing. But we have nothing else. That's what it's got to be. You've got to burn, you know, everything, all your idols. You've got to burn everything. They, be, you know why? Because they'll be burned. Yeah. And your, your health is taken away. Your finances are taken away. Your, your church service where you go is taken away. Everything is taken away. The only thing you have is Jesus. And you, you just pray to him when you wake up. You pray to him when you go to bed. You, get, you stay faithful to him. And I know a lot of you are doing that right now. You're, you're staying faithful to God. And I, and I just want to encourage you. Don't grow weary and well done. Continue to, to, to listen to the word of God like you're doing right now. Listen to Pastor Jeff bring the word. Listen to music. Uh, open your Bible, read your Bible, stay faithful, do not grow weary. We can, we grow weary in, in doing, uh, we never grow weary in doing evil, it seems like, you know, we're doing a bad thing. Yeah, we're always chomping at the bit to get out there and do something wrong. But doing good pays off. It's You sow into a good field, and you'll reap it. And we need to be obedient to the, to the call of God. Another couple of things that Noah did was Noah worked hard. You know, and we saw that in the life of Adam. We saw an instances in there where God called him to do a task, and it was a hard, hard task, and Adam did it. Also in the life of Abraham, where Abraham worked hard in the promised land, he prospered, he had herds, he had cattle, even his nephew Lot, they got together, and it's like, oh man, we're doing so well here, we're doing so prosperous. You know, the land cannot, the land cannot support all the cattle and all the livestock and everything that we've got going on, we need to make sure that uh, uh, we kind of break apart here and go in two different directions. And that's what they did. You know what? If you're going to be, let me just tell you something right now. If you're going to be successful in your Christian life, you have to be prepared to work hard. Let me ask you a question. Is there any other endeavor that you could possibly think of where you're going to be successful where hard work is not involved. Anything? We're getting ready to go fishing. You yeah, know. we've been working hard. Yeah, we've been working hard at that. And that's leisurely and everything. But you have to hike sometimes for miles to get to the place where you're going. Why? Because that's where the fish are. You have to prep. You have to prep. You have to put forth the effort. I was talking to my brother Thomas right here. He's like, oh, man, I'm all loaded up. Man, I got the tin. I got the fishing pole. I got, went online and was able to watch some videos and stuff. He said, I'm ready to go. You know what? You got some preparation there. You got some work that's being put in to the endeavor. Why does he do that? So that he can be successful. Yeah. You know, you don't go into anything. It's like, oh, I'm starting a new job today. Oh, whatever. Whatever, it's just, uh, oh, the, the boss is telling you, uh, you know, okay, well, what are my responsibilities in my new job, the boss says. And then you say, look at the boss and say, yeah, I don't really care. You know, I'm just not prepared to really put forth that much effort. Or if you're in the uh, uh, job interview process, I mean, Stephanie, you're, you know, we probably interview a ton of people that come in there to uh, interview, to come work at the doctor's office. One of the questions that you might ask is like, well, are you prepared to, you know, be here on time and, you know, stay until you're, in, you know, until you're supposed to go home and work and be diligent and show up on time and, you know, do all the things and be diligent about everything that you do? And if that person was to say, meh, whatever, I don't, you know, maybe, maybe not, 
That's not going to be anything that's going to be a success. It absolutely won't. But yet we suppose that our Christian life is going to be a success when we only put forth a half of an effort. You know, you deal with probably people all the time in your, uh, you know, counseling and if you, maybe in a marriage situation where they're just not putting forth the effort. And it's just not going to be a success. One of the first things I'm sure that you tell them, hey guys, we need to dig down, we need to try, we need to try hard, and we need to make this a success. And you guys need to put 100% effort into this marriage, or else this marriage is not going to work. Well, yeah, and I always tell them love is a choice, because they don't see it that way. You just fall in love. You don't just fall in love. Love is work, man. Yeah. You know, it's, it's yeah, getting into a good marriage. We watch the uh, uh, you know some of these TV shows where people get married with 90 day fiance and you know oh I just met you and now we're going to get married and all this stuff and hey that's that's fine if that's what you want to do nothing against it but you know what so they go into it all starry eyed and they see the person walking down the aisle and oh it's it's oh it's a dream he's perfect oh everything's wonderful he's perfect everything's great but then they get a week into it you know it's like oh this person's the most horrible thing and the the, the counselors need to get together with this new with this new couple and say are you you know <clears throat> yes the other person isn't perfect are you ready to put forth maximum effort in order to make sure that this marriage works? And that's what I'm asking you tonight. That's what Pastor Todd's asking you tonight. Are you willing to put forth maximum effort to ensure that your relationship with Christ is a successful one? We don't go Trenton over here. You know, he's a, a boss of a lot of guys at his work. I'm sure he hires and fires and does all that kind of stuff. If he has somebody show up on the job site, Trenton, and you see that they're not putting forth the effort, hey, you'll talk to them, and maybe you'll talk to them again. But if you see this is an ongoing thing, it's like, hey, buddy, you know, down the road, I'm going to replace you with somebody who is going to put forth a maximum effort. And that's what Abraham did, that's what Noah did, and that's what uh, uh, Adam did in the very, very beginning. They worked hard. And we need to make sure that in everything that we do, we give maximum effort and we work hard and we're diligent about the things of God. There was one other thing that I wanted to talk about too with Noah. Is you know what he did? There was Noah and his wife and his three sons and their wife. So there was a grand total of eight people. You know what Noah did? And this is kind of one that we get past you if you if you really didn't really stop and think about it. It kind of says it in so many words without really saying it. Noah took care of his family. Yeah. yeah. He took care of his family. Now he took care of everybody else out there too. Because during these decades decades that he was building the ark, he was preaching righteousness to a bunch of wicked people. Can you imagine a man in a big long boat that's being hand built and he's in the process of building it. He's in the middle of the desert. I mean, there's no river, there's no ocean anywhere around. And he's saying for the past 50 years, 60, 70, 80 years, that God is going to send a flood, that God's going to send rain. And everybody had better repent. Everybody had better turn to the God of, uh, 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 to the God of creation. And then you need to make sure that you repent. And what would the people's reaction be? They'd laugh at him. They laughed at him. Yeah, they would laugh at him. 
And but instead of that, and he was open to letting people into the into the ark, but he brought his family in, he took care of his family. Pastor Todd, during this time of so many questions, so much violence, we don't know where we know how the year of 2020 started. And let me tell you so far, this hasn't been a great year. I have no idea how I could I can pretty much guess this. It started off really weird, and I'm pretty sure that the year of 2020 is going to end up just as weird. I don't think things are going to be smooth sailing from here on out. I think things are just going to get weird and weirder from here on out. But the importance during these times of trials and tribulation, persecution, all the different things coming at us. Pastor Todd, talk to us for a second about taking care of your family. Well, that, that starts with being the priest of the home. You know, being the, the, the spiritual leader. You know, it, it encourage your family to put God first. And, you know, as you do that, then, I mean, you know, I can see stuff I did personally. Like, I was so angry that we were in uh, service when I got back from Chiapas, by the way, Chiapas. And, uh, and when I... Uh, when I realized we should, I mean, at first I thought, I'm going to have service, and then we should. Then I was like, oh, well, what do we do for my family, for everyone? What? And the first thing I could think is what we're doing right now, go on a video so everybody can see, even wherever they are, and say, hey, here's a scripture, God loves you, and uh, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is raised from the dead, you will be saved, and and that was important. But so many, uh, my son is doing working all kinds of hours because he's in leadership. My wife is doing it. And I tried to encourage them, uh, you know, that they still had a job. They were essential. And they did that to cover their family. And that uh, I've, I've seen guys uh, that were laid off. They went and did other things and found ways to, to, to take care of the family. But not only um, materially. But spiritually and emotionally, if Daddy says it's going to be okay, then everybody's like, "Oh, it's going to be okay." Yeah. If Daddy's freaking out, <laughs> which I understand why, you know, it might come through your mind, then you know the family is is wondering what to do. But on forever, Dad, which Father's Day is coming up, if your answer would be on Christ as solid rock. All other else is sinking sand. My family has watched provision flow into our uh, house. We've watched God take care of us. We know that happens. I've seen that happen with other people in the church that you're online right now. You've, you've seen miracles happen and uh, incredible things. I've seen it in your, your, your household. God is taking care of you guys. You know, I mean, you're your own business. And, and God has supplied. And you, and, but how did you do that? How did you just think? That's just the point. I, I didn't do it. It's the Lord that's been taking it. It's the faithfulness. All I know is that the word of God says, you know, the psalmist said, once I was young, now I'm old, and I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor received that kingdom. God will take care of his own. As we move right now into the next, is Joshua into the promised land. Now, you know the story with Joshua coming into the promised land. He, what was the first thing he did before he went into the promised land? He sent 12 spies, didn't he? 
He sent 12 spies into the promised land. Now when those spies came back, they came back, what was the report that these 12 spies gave Joshua? Well, actually, when Moses had sent the 12 spies, Joshua was the one of them. Joshua, Joshua and Caleb were the ones, right? Yeah. You correct me, that's yeah. fine. Joshua and Caleb were the ones who came back with a good report, and then the other ten came back with an evil report. Now, what was the report that the ten came back with? We are as grasshoppers in their sight. And it'd be just like now where you say, oh, we can't do this. Oh, there's no way. You know, how can we, you know, and, and but yet uh, Joshua and Caleb said, hey, uh, we, we can do this. God will find a way. That's right. You know. They both came back, They really, the, all 12 of them came back with the same report. Yeah. They all came back, then they, all 12 of them could agree on certain things. Yes, there are giants in the land. All 12 of them said that. Yes, there are great high-walled cities that seem impossible to take. All 12 of them agreed on that. Yes, there are mighty armies. Compared to our army, we're just like grasshoppers in their sight. All 12 of them came back with the same report. But, but yet Joshua and Caleb added a little bit more to that. Said, yeah, even though all these things are true, our God is able to give us the land. And what was the first obstacle? When they crossed over into the promised land, what was the first city that they encountered? The big, wall, wide, and tall walls of what city? Jericho. Jericho. Now, what was God's command to Joshua and the children of Israel when it came to taking the city of Jericho. March around the, the, right. the walls of Jericho. Yeah, march around the city once a day. What was it? For six days. Yeah. And then on the seventh day, they march around and what was it? Six times or seven times, something like that. On the seventh time, and then they weren't supposed to say a word. They were supposed to uh, be, you know, in order and not to mess around, not to uh, uh, do anything else, but just be obedient to God. And then at the end of the day, on that seventh day, when they traveled around the city for the last time, what did God command them to do? They, they shouted. They shouted. They shouted praises to God, which, you know what, I encourage you to do right now. Why don't you start yelling in, in your home, or you guys can yell here. But when they shouted, praise God, worshiping God, and the walls can be, if you have walls in your life, just start praising God. Now, during this time when we come into this new land, this new time, all the new parts of society that are around it, it can kind of be likened unto Joshua and all them coming into the promised land. Hey, we don't know exactly what's going on here in the promised land. We don't know exactly what's going on here in the year of 2020. We don't know what's going to happen with society. We don't know what's going to happen with all these marches and everything. I pray to God that something good will happen. And I think that something good, I hope that something good will happen. But we don't know. But one thing that they had is the same thing that we need to do when you don't know what else to do. And you're faced with insurmountable odds. And you're faced with an unknown you know, thing that's coming at you, what should you do? What should be the priority? It should be praise. praise we need to surround praise. our hearts and our lives with praise. Amen. The King Jehoshaphat, uh, much, much later in the nation of Israel, he went into battle. Who did he have in battle? He didn't put the archers up front. He didn't put the people with the biggest rocks to throw or the or the spears or the mighty men of, 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 of 
valor up there and all the mighty warriors up there. Who did he stick in the front of the line? The worshippers. Yeah, he stuck the worshippers up there. There you go. Yeah, somebody, somebody's got it right there. When you surround, you know what the Bible says? God inhabits the praises of his people. Amen. And the Bible also says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Amen. Do you want to be set free? Do you want to have liberty? Do you want to, do you want to have those uh, high walls in your life to be pushed down like it was for the children of Israel? Then you need to make praise and worship an active part of your life. You know what praise does? Praise brings us into the presence of God because he inhabits the praises of, our, of his people. The Bible says where two or three are gathered together in my name, that there am I in the midst of them. I don't know about you, Pastor Todd, but wherever Christ is, that's where I want to be. If it's over there, okay, I'll go over there. Is it over there? That, you know, okay, I'll go over there. Wherever Christ is, wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, I want liberty and I want freedom. And if there's high walls in, uh, in your life, a bunch of high walls of confusion, high walls of, uh, you know, somebody not treating you right, of disrespect, that sort of things that are happening in your life, one thing that you can do is you can surround your heart and your life with praises to God. Now, Pastor Todd, let me ask you, a this is for the more advanced Sunday school, you know, Bible student here. What was the second city that they encountered after Jericho? It was the city by the name of Ai. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what happened with Ai? Yes. Nothing good happened to Ai. Because they got so full of themselves. Oh, we brought a mighty victory at Ai. And yeah, oh, we did all these great things. Totally dismissing the presence of God and the will of God and, and the power of God. Yeah, we took the great big city of Jericho. And then Ai was a much smaller town. It didn't have high walls. It was a trash dump. It, yeah. was, it, was, it was the trash dump of, of Jericho. It was, Ai means it was, it was a garbage place. Yeah. But... They had done that sin. Yeah, it was aching. They said, now we want you to go in there. We don't want you to take anything out of there. Leave everything alone. But a fellow by the name of Achan, what was it? He took a bunch of gold and he hid it under his hand. There was disobedience. See, when, think, when you're trying to do great things for God, obedience is a huge thing. You need to do what God has said. You look back in the Old Testament, you see Adam. Yeah, for the most part. You see uh, Abraham, you see Moses. Whenever they did the things that the Lord wanted them to do and walked in obedience, God would do a mighty work in their midst. Now, Pastor Todd, let me ask you uh, a question, and then we'll kind of bring this in for a landing here in the next few minutes. When the, when the spies went to Jericho, who did they encounter there? What was that lady's name? Uh, Rahab. Rahab. And what did Rahab? Rahab must have been the princess. Rahab must have been the nope. prime minister's wife. Nope. She was the queen, right? Rahab must have been one of the fine, upstanding members of society and of Jericho. She must have been a famous person. Am, am I right with that? Nope. No. What, what, did, what, did, what, did, what did Rahab do for a living? Well, what well, were uh, prostitutes working hard? Yeah, uh, she was hard. Uh, I'm trying to yeah, get a good one. Lady of the evening. Lady of the evening. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. But that's, that's what they did. But yet, she believed the report 
of the spies. And what did God do? God says, oh, even though you're a prostitute, even though you're a heart, even though you're the, the worst and the lowest on the, on the social economic scale in all of Jericho, God says, oh, because of that, I'm not, I don't care what, you're, I'm not going to receive you. I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going to listen to what you're, I'm not going to honor your prayers. I'm not going to honor your faithfulness. It was exactly the opposite, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. They worked out a deal to where she would be able to hide the spies and give them information and all that. Now, let me ask you a question. Rahab, this is according to the word of God, and you talk about faithfulness now. My wife and I talk about all the time. What's going to happen to our family once we're gone? Who's going to carry on the legacy? Who's going to carry on? Is there going to be all this prayer and everything that I'm pouring, all the life that I'm pouring into my family? Once I'm done and I'm on to heaven, hallelujah, what's going to happen to my family and my children and my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren? What's going to happen? Let me tell you the answer right now. Even though you're in heaven, and even though you're at home with the Lord, your obedience and your willingness to serve will be rewarded generation after generation after generation. All the blessings that you're storing up for yourself now and all the things that you do, that just doesn't stop when you pass away, when you go home to be with the Lord. That stuff just doesn't stop. It keeps going to your children. All the life that you poured into your children over the years, well, that's going to splash over and get into your grandchildren and your, and your great-grandchildren. The faithfulness, Pastor Todd, right now, the faithfulness that you show today is in one form or another going to be reflected in your great-grandchildren and maybe even their children a hundred and a hundred and a hundred and fifty years from now, should the Lord tarry. We may not know it, we may not be aware of it, but that's what's going to happen. It's going to continue on those blessings. And let me give you a perfect case in point as I bring this in for a close right now. Rahab had a son by the name of Boaz. Okay? Boaz, as we see recorded in the book of Ruth, Boaz married Ruth, and they had a son by the name of Obed. Obed had a son, wasn't sure of his wife's name. Obed had a son by the name of Jesse. And Jesse had a lot of sons. And the youngest one of those sons was named David. King David. So this harlot, this prostitute, who showed herself to be faithful to God, obedient to the call of God, just within a few generations, her great, I don't know, great or great-great-grandson, eventually, a few generations later, was sitting on the throne in Israel, and the Bible says that he was a man after God's own heart, and that he pleased the Lord. Maybe not all the time he pleased the Lord. You can certainly read about that. But do you know what? This just shows us right there, that as we're getting into these weird times, and certainly it was a weird time in Jericho when these people came into the promised land and started marching around the city. I'm sure they got laughed at. I'm sure they rocks thrown at them and everything, but they just kept on walking. They just kept on being obedient to God. Guys, I'm telling you today, keep being obedient to God. Keep your walk going forward and be like the faithfulness and the obedience of Rahab, the harlot, and long after she died, 
her children, and then her grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and eventually, and do you know that all throughout the Word of God, every king that ever ruled in the book of 1 and 2 Kings, 1 and 2 Chronicles, anytime it listed a king, it would always say, and he did right in the sight of the Lord, as did his father David. Yeah. Or he did evil in the sight of the Lord, and didn't follow after his father. David was the gold standard from there on out, and he was the greatest king that Israel ever knew, and it all started off with the obedience of a prostitute. Now, does that make you excited right there? You know what? If a prostitute can get there, and if a prostitute can show obedience and favor, and and, and really get it, press into the things of God, you know what? I think a, a guy like me has a chance. You know, we, we, we just need to keep after the Lord, and we need to make sure that the things that we do today, that they're, that they're paying off in a big way, and that the faithfulness of God will be rewarded to the third and to the fourth and fifth and sixth generation as we continue on following Him. Pastor Todd, do you have any final words for us before we pray? I want you to pray with everybody. I want us to pray for our sister Emily. Sure. I want us to pray for anybody right now that has any needs that are across uh, uh, watching here on Facebook or you know on YouTube, wherever you're watching on, anybody that has any needs right now, Pastor Todd's going to have a few words to dismiss, and he's going to pray over us. Pastor Todd, take it away. And God is faithful, and uh, we want to remind you, uh, Sunday we have an 8 a.m. You're more than welcome to come. Uh, We'd appreciate it if you let us know. Uh, we have a 10 a.m. and uh, if you've already been coming to that service, come on. And if you want to come to that service, just let us know. We'll make room for you. We uh, we have room for you for that. But uh, this is this is so awesome what we're talking about here. Um, 2020 is a new beginning. I never really realized what what it means. But you can have a new beginning too. You can have a new beginning. We're going to pray for you for that. Uh, I want to pray also that God would uh, heal people. We're going to pray for Emily, pray for healing for her. And, and uh, I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer. And then I'm going to tell you how you can have a new beginning. And then we're going to pray about that. Let's pray. Father, Lord, I pray right now for Emily, Lord, that you would do a healing in her body from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet, God. We just pray you would do a new work inside of her. And Lord, we pray for uh, all of our people, and Lord, Pastor Kay today, Jim Grimm, and Dolores, and Sister Kay, and all, so many people, Lord, that uh, they're unable right now, Lord, to, to get out of their homes, but Lord, you can do a healing, a physical healing in their body, and Lord, we thank you for that, and we know that you'll do that. If there's anyone here today that needs healing, I pray that you would just do a physical healing in their body, and Lord, I thank you for the favor of God, Lord, on everyone. Lord, I pray the favor of God will continue to go forward. Lord, I pray that the gospel message, the message that Jesus Christ saved, will be so powerful, Lord, and, and so awesome, Lord, to change lives. In fact, right now you're listening, and you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior. It says in the Bible, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, that Jesus Christ is raised from the dead, you will be saved. So do it with me right now online. Or just do it with me right now. Just say, Jesus, I ask you to forgive me 
I confess with my mouth. I confess with my mouth. And I believe in my heart. And I believe in my heart. That you were raised from the dead. That you were raised from the dead. And I make you savior. And I make you savior. King. King. And Lord. And Lord. Of my life. Of my life. And I repent for my sins. And I follow you all the days of my life. I follow you all the days of my life. Amen. Everybody Amen. here and everybody online did that. We love you. And you got anything else to say? No, that's it. Join us uh, next week right here, uh, uh, Wednesday night, next Wednesday night at 6.30. And then also this Sunday morning, we'll be here at 8 o'clock. But then be sure to join us on Facebook Live at 10 o'clock. Pastor Todd's going to bring forth a powerful message. Until then, we will see you, and God bless you. See you at 8.30 tomorrow. Bye-bye.